It's always the talk is the weather, but not just the weather. It's the impact on our roads. We have had a fair amount of snow this year, and then you had the extreme cold conditions. Now we've had this big melt, and what a challenge for City of Edmonton snow and ice removal crews here. And it seems like regardless of what you do, you can't please everybody, but you do try to do the job the best you can. A guy on the hot seat is Andrew Grant, who's the general supervisor with snow and ice removal in the City of Edmonton, joining us this morning. Hey, Hey, thanks so much for taking the time. I know it's a really busy time for you, Andrew. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, first off, I, I just want to get a sense for, for how you guys are and the crews are. Uh, the criticisms that always come uh, when we have big snow dumps and, and, and challenging road conditions, uh, does, does, that, does that bother you? Do you hear it? Do you try to find some constructive things you can do better out of it? How, how do you approach it? Yeah, you know, we do hear it, but we're we're a massive operation. We're we're we have hundreds of of staff out there giving it their their best every day. You know, and what doesn't uh, get seen a lot is a lot of the uh, compliments and appreciation for our work. Um, you know, but we do see that here internally through you know a, di- a lot of different um, methods. So you know, when you're you know operating within you know a city of a million people, you know. It is difficult to to please everybody, um, but you know what we did hear loud and clear, you know, from our, our city council and our citizens that you know they want to see um, you know a higher level of service in residentials, for example, um, and and that's what we're that's what we're going to deliver. So you know it uh, it comes with the job. You know, there's going to be criticism, but there's going to be compliments but you know finding that balance between um you know safety and in keeping our everyone moving is uh is part of the job it strikes me that this has been a particularly challenging year i mean winter in edmonton is always going to have its challenges but just the the, the sort of the extremes that we've been going back and forth from, from the extreme cold to, to this big melt and then big dumps of snow what in your mind has the biggest challenge been or what have been the biggest challenges yeah you know the <laughs> You know, that's an easy question. Freezing rain um, by far is, is is challenging. It blankets the whole entire city. Um, it freezes, and you know, just due to the sheer size of of the city of Edmonton, you know, uh, we can't be everywhere at once. So obviously, you know, we're a big operation, and we have you know lots of resources, and we do have the ability to scale up those resources when we do see weather that impacts you know our our safety like that and and we take those steps but you know sometimes it does take a little bit of time to to get to every corner of the city so you know back in december when we saw you know multiple freezing rain events um into into a a cold snap and then with the you know contribution of of snow events uh back to back throughout the holidays it definitely uh it has been a challenge and our our crews have been scaled up for uh well since the the middle of december and we're continuing to to operate in that mode um you know until we get through these residentials and then you know kind of changing how we're operating depending on uh, what kind of conditions we're we're given you know, literally day to day at this point. Yep. Uh, you know, as you said, we've, we've seen anything from, you know, below minus 30 to, you know, above zero. So it is quite a, a fluctuation swing, and, and we're adjusting to those temperatures accordingly. Uh, the, the extreme cold, did you not dial everything back during that extreme cold for a little bit? What was that order? What was the reason behind it? 
Sure. Well, yeah, we, we did dial back our non-essential work. Um, with that being said, you know, we, we still have a responsibility to make sure that all of our, our roadways are, are moving and safe. So, you know, what that looked like is we we did shut down the residential portion. The residential work is, is mainly done by our, our partners in the private industry um, with their heavy equipment. And we wanted to make sure that if we did see a large snow event, um, that we were in a position where we could rely on them to come back and help us on, you know, those priority one and two roadways. Um, when we see cold weather like that, it does, um, you know, pose a problem on, on heavy equipment and just our personnel out there supervising and working and shoveling bus stops and stuff like that. So we needed to make sure that we were um, in a place and prepared to, to, to offer a service that, uh, was available in in the course of of a, a heavy snowfall. You know, with that being said, we we did still have all of our twenty four seven operation running. Um, you know, responding to notifications, dealing with icy conditions and in vulnerable uh, areas within the city. Uh, one of the, one of the big issues people have had in the last many years, but of course, if you get larger volumes of snow, the the, the problem itself becomes also larger, and that's that's the issue of windrows, both in in the middle of some roads, pushed to the side, it sort of reduces some lanes, and and people are saying, well, why can't you just pick up the snow and haul it out? Uh, you do that in some areas, or is that staged? Uh, is that is that doable in our current system? Yeah, so, um, yeah, we do pick up some of the windrows. You know, we pick up the windrows, you know, in on our, our, our bus runs and collector roadways, our, our, heavy, our heavier arterial roads where we see, you know, higher traffic volumes and speeds. Um, and, you know, you know, the same kind of situation with the equipment availability and just being pragmatic in that decision to run the equipment in those extreme temperatures. You know, they're a lot more vulnerable to breakdown and, and could possibly leave us at risk. Um, so we were picking up those windrows in the middle of the road during that cold snap. But now that the weather has breaking, broken, we have um, all of our pickup crews out there uh, running mainly at night. We do have a few crews running through the day to get those areas where they can get access through the daytime safely. Um, so we're, we're back on it. We're, you know, we, we're running uh, six to seven crews, depending on availability of equipment and, and resources. And we'll hopefully be getting through all of those windows that are center stack in our roadways over the next uh, month or so. Yeah, and I know you're not a policy guy. The, the city, you know, and the, the people who run the city, they, they put the policy in place. But do you get feedback from your crews on the ground? Do you guys provide that more feedback on how we... There's always ways to improve, right? Or, or to find better ways of, of providing the service. Yeah, yeah, and you know we we do work with our frontline staff. You know we have working groups that we we discuss how how we're doing uh, our operational teams, and those are you know available and and uh, open to anyone to join to provide that feedback. Um, but then again, just you know having an open conduit uh, for communication for our frontline supervisors. Um, you know, obviously that includes myself. I'm out in the districts and and watching and listening the operation unfold. Um, but there's always uh, room for, for improvement and, you know, we have to, you know, the city needs to try new things um, in order to understand fully what's going to work and what isn't work. So, you know, with this pilot that we're, we're currently um, executing, you know, this is, a, this is a great opportunity for the city to really fully understand all the complexities and challenges and then all of the, the benefits and reward. Uh, to going down to bare pavement in those residential areas.
Uh, well, you talk about responding to, to particularly major problem areas. Uh, what kind of, uh, of sort of almost like an emergency situation or a complaint that a, that, a, that a resident might have or a concern, if you want to put it that way, uh, that what kind of things would really get you to have to fire somebody out right off the bat? I'm trying to get an idea what people should send in uh, concerns or complaints about uh, that would actually get, uh, get some action that are really important things to deal with. Yeah. Well, you know, in our, our residential areas, there's there's a few key things that um, that you know will uh, drum up our crews pretty quick. If we, um, it's important to, to understand we run from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Um, in our residential areas. So our our road graders will go through. They're going to be clearing the roadway right away from curb to curb or best they can, depending on parking compliance. And then our our smaller specialized equipment like skid steers will come behind them and make sure that all the driveways are clear and accessible um, so people can come and go off their property um, as, as they wish. Sometimes those skid steers uh, fall behind the graders. They might move a little quicker. And, and if you don't see them right away, they will be there. So if you haven't seen them in the, in the next day, you know, call 311 and, and we'll send a crew out to make sure that, you know, you can access your property easily. We, we don't pick up the windrows in the residential areas. We tuck it in along the curb lines, set it on boulevards, place it in green spaces and open spaces or anywhere where we have room and capacity to put the snow. But the windrow in front of citizens' houses you know, will stay there for the remainder of the winter. Um, you know, that's ultimately why we have boulevards. We need to place this, put the snow somewhere. And it's just, you know, when we look at the feasibility of hauling every windrow in the city, you know, there would be a lot of work on, on our, our part to, to understand what the challenges would be with that. You know, all that snow has to go somewhere. We do have four uh, snow site storage facilities around the city. We like to call you them know, snow mountains. Yeah, snow dumps. <laughs> yeah, they get pretty big. Um, but even those piles, you know, we monitor the volume of those piles. But the the volume and capacity of those facilities um, is calculated off the um, the settlement ponds associated with them. So we need to make sure that we're meeting our environmental uh, legislation when we're operating those facilities as well. I, I guess you know concerns about windrows that are sort of taking up uh, part of a lane because that makes things difficult. But you would you would be fairly well aware of those already, or should people talk uh, send in a note about those as well? Does, I, I guess what I'm getting at is what are the really important ones to to call about that you don't overwhelm the system with things. Hey, yeah, we already know that. Yeah, yeah, our our crews are well aware of of areas that are are problematic where there is lane encroachment. You know, we have inspectors out um, looking at all of these areas on a regular basis. And then on top of those inspectors, we have, you know, several roadway maintenance supervisors that are supporting all of the activities that are underway right now. And and every city employee is an inspector to a certain degree. Um, It's just, you know, like I said, we can only move so fast. A lot of our larger equipment doesn't move fast. It's big, it's clunky, and it you know is is it gets through the inventory, but it does take time. So you know we look at what areas are are most vulnerable from a safety perspective. Um, you know, like hills going into the river valley, for example, Rabbit Hill Road, where those big hills are. You know, we make sure that those areas are addressed uh, promptly to avoid any any you know problems in those in those areas so you know our pickup crews they look at areas like bridge decks to make sure that we're we're removing the snow off off those to to ensure that 
you know, if there is an unfortunate incident where a car does lose control, it it stays on the bridge. So, you know, we're we're proactive in our approach and assessing those vulnerable areas. Um, but it does take time to get to them all. Uh, Andrew, my wish for you and for all of us is no more freezing rain and uh, maybe just ease up on the snow a little bit so you can get all caught up. And then we'll get another dump of snow and then you can do it all over again. But in the short term, I wish my wish for you in the early part of this new year is to get a break to get it all done. So good luck. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.